This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Mark Stiles, your host. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston Chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization, this is Leadership in Action. Hey, folks, welcome back to Leadership in Action, your Boston chapter of EO's podcast. Today's guest is experienced entrepreneurship educator. She strives to use entrepreneurship to teach innovation and problem-solving skills to students to help them build real-world skills. She aspires to start making a real impact early in their lives. She is the founder of Launch X, a high school entrepreneurship program. She is also brand new. Again, she's brand new to our Boston chapter. So folks, look out for none other than Lori Stotch. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thanks, Mark. Excited to be here. So let's get going. What is the most positive lesson that you've learned while running a business? Um, gosh, let's see here. Um, I think a couple of things. Uh, the importance of the team and importance of quick decision making. Um, so the first of those, the importance of the team. Uh, yeah, I, I feel lucky to have had a phenomenal team a lot of times throughout the journey with, with law checks. Um, but there have been some times that, you know, I, I feel like there have been difficulties and, and that really, that really shows. Um, so I think that you're, I mean, a lot of people have said this, that, you know, you're, you can only be as good as your weakest link or however people have phrased that. And I think that is especially true in services businesses uh, and education services. I think that can that can really show through when you're trying to help support other people um, like students and the power of quick decision making. Um, I mean, I live by the 80-20 rule a lot, <laughs> which is that 80% of the value comes from 20% of the effort. So just trying to get to that decision that will allow you to be able to move forward and then often you know trying to protect perfect things a little bit later if if that is needed uh, but i think a lot of people get stuck in analysis paralysis uh, before trying to move forward uh, and i think a lot of us know in the startup world that there are a million decisions that need to get made uh, sometimes you know a million in, in one day it feels like uh, but just trying to move forward and make those decisions and then especially train that into the team uh, to try to move forward with making decisions uh, and how to make decisions, uh, I think is, is a really powerful skill. I love the term done is better than perfect. With Absolutely. To what you're saying there, because you can, you can get totally bogged down in, well, what if this, well, what if that, what if we do it this way and this happens? Well, let's figure it out, but let's make a decision. So, so very important. So Absolutely. tell me, Tell me about Launch X. I'm really curious about the, the, the youth, the new, the coming of age entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. So Launch X is an entrepreneurship program for high school students, uh, in particular, an entrepreneurship summer program. So bringing students together from around the U.S. and world each summer to start real companies in a one month program. So they are going all the way from opportunity vacation, market research, prototyping, go to market, selling, pitching, all in one month. Uh, it is extremely impressive what they do during this time. I know I occasionally joke that if I 
went to apply to this program, I'm I'm not sure that I could get in. Just that the bar has raised so much for what students do these days. Uh, and then it, it's been amazing to see what they go on to with their companies, even, even after the program. Uh, so most of the students do continue with their companies uh, after the program as well. So teams have gone on to pitch on Shark Tank, raise money, sell their companies, you know, significant revenues and such. Uh, so it's, it's been really inspiring. But I know what is particularly inspiring is, is not just what they do with their companies, but the entrepreneurial mindset that they have afterwards. Um, because, I mean, I think something that, that we all know as entrepreneurs is that uh, it, it takes that alignment of decision-making, kind of what I was saying with decision-making before, is having that, that North Star vision and then knowing that you're going to adapt some on the way there. Um, and I think what a lot of students do in that first week is they come up and they, they ask like, oh gosh, you know, we're trying to, to narrow between these, these three ideas, three opportunities. Well, which, which one do you think that we should choose? And you see that, that discomfort <laughs> with, with making decisions. Uh, so, you know, we'll turn it around on them and, and ask some questions and, and get them to, to make decisions on their own. Um, and throughout the program, you can gradually see that shift to that self-assertion of decision-making until by the end, it's just like pride in what they've done. And I think that's the thing that we're most excited by seeing is that courage of decision-making and that alignment of their decision-making until, you know, past the program. I don't even know if they notice it right away until, you know, we get these messages from them afterwards that they see the world in a whole new way every day, the confidence to take on anything. Uh, and it, I think it, it really does show with, um, with those types of things that they're able to go on to do, whether it's their companies, whether it's the kind of impact that they were making in their communities during the pandemic, um, you know, them writing books already from such a young age, uh, a, a number of other things beyond just their entrepreneurial impact. <laughs> what, what, what age are we talking about? What is, what is the age requirements or minimum age requirements, I guess? Uh, so it's any student in high school. So most of them are 16 or 17 because most of them are um, just finishing their sophomore or junior year. But it could also be students finishing their freshman or occasionally their senior year about to go into, into college. But it's usually those rising, uh, rising juniors, seniors, occasionally rising sophomores. And what are the requirements to participate? Uh, so there is an, an application for the program, and there's three main things that we look for as part of it. And we assess that in the application where, you know, there's there's some of the typical things that we ask for an application around their activities. And, um, you know, they, they submit either like a video or PowerPoint as part of the application. You know, we have some fun with it, entrepreneurial and such. Yeah. Uh, but what we look for are three main components of uh, some entrepreneurial experience, skills, entrepreneurial mindset, and then some teaming components. And, you know, the entrepreneurial skills and experience uh, doesn't necessarily have to be having started a company, uh, but having pushed themselves outside of their comfort zone. There's some of their, ex some of the things that they've done. You know, we don't just want the students that have sat in school clubs and done the resume checklist items. Uh, the entrepreneurial mindset 
is we want the students who um, have put, like, again, pushed themselves outside of their comfort zone. And I mean, I don't want to say it as like, don't take no for an answer, but um, aren't, aren't the ones that, um, like, they're the type that are going to run through a wall to be able to get things done, <laughs> right? That they're, that, um, they're, they're not the excuse maker type. And I think we've all seen that when, um, that are like, oh, you know, I haven't been able to travel because, or I don't have a better life because, or I, I don't get all the things in my life that I want because. And basically we're looking for the opposite of, of that when it comes to the entrepreneurial mindset, right? Like we're, we're entrepreneurs because like we get things done regardless. I, I love the definition of entrepreneurship that says entrepreneurship is the pursuit of opportunity in spite of resources controlled. And so that's like, regardless of resources controlled. And so like, I think that entrepreneurial mindset is, is very important. And then the teaming component, we put students into teams to start their companies. That third piece is, is very important as well. And I mean, I, I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs see this as well as like your, your team is is very important. Yeah, you can maybe be a solopreneur for a little while, but that it does take being able to have the the supporting pieces. And I know we've had speakers come in speaking about like the importance of having your your number two, your operations person, or, or other things like that. Where, um, yeah, the the team is extremely valuable. Um, so we assess students also on um, their team capacity, such that like even if they've done only individual contributor, like how, um, and, you know, ideally they have had some experiences within a team. Uh, then we ask questions in the interview and such and, and try to get a little bit more well-rounded perspective of how they have learned from those experiences and um, what, like, what, they've, what they've taken from that. So those are the three key things that we look at. From so they don't have to actually have a concept or an idea to be eligible. No, in fact, we kind of prefer if they don't, since we take them through that entire process. Yeah. Um, and we, we recognize that not everybody in the team will necessarily be, say, like that idea-ish person either. Um, because, I mean, if you think about it, there's so many companies out there that there's, say, like the Steve Jobs and the Steve Waz, and then the lesser known like marketing person within the team as well that brought things together as well <laughs> right have and you we even noticed... we even try to team students such that they have those different skill sets that come together have you noticed any common threads from the applicants as they come in or is it completely random oh so common threads of the applicants you know to be honest like we um i i'd say the quote common thread is that there are some of those different kind of like skill set types but i i don't think that's unique necessarily to their age group i think that there there are a few categories of entrepreneurial types that we we that we've noticed um and and we try to somewhat categorize students into those so that we can team them based on them and so we we call them like the builder, 
uh, the biz dev, um, let's see here, builder, brander, biz dev. And then just because we like alliteration, we call the fourth one the brain, even though that's just like the operations person. Yeah, I like to but be a little bit like nerdy and categorical. <laughs> like you, do, do you find that a, a high percentage of them come from entrepreneurial families? Or is that not necessarily a, something that you find? Um, not necessarily. Um, and in fact, I and we do ask questions around that because I love data and statistics on that kind of thing. And I nerd out on trying to find those types of correlations. Uh, I, I wouldn't find it any more of a trend than, say, the percentage of kids that turn out to be engineers from parents of engineers. Right. Interesting. So how did you find your path to this? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, so I know when I was younger, I had so much ambition, creativity, drive, wanted to take on the world. And, and adults would always say, oh, you'll do great things someday. You know, when you have a degree and experience, you're going to do such great things. Uh, so, you know, I, I buckled down and got my, my fancy degrees and such um, and went out to first jobs. And I remember being asked to take initiative on projects and creatively problem solve and make decisions without that perfect information of homework. And, it, you know, first it's a little bit like anxiety producing and such. Um, I think a lot of us have had that experience of having to like, like almost like relearn on the job. <laughs> um, and a number of years later, um, well, in fact, so I did engineering undergrad. So there was this very like black and white thinking and then went to business school a number of years later. And very different style of thinking, business school, case study method. Um, and in the case study method, uh, or well, yeah, so case study method, one thing I love about it and hated about it is that you read like, this case study, go in and you're supposed to argue adamantly what the protagonist should do. And for me, the, the good little engineer is like, oh my gosh, it, always, it, like, it depends. I need more information. Um, and they were like, no, no, you have to, you have to make a decision based on the information at hand. Um, so I'd, I'd go in and, and say like, all right, you know, like the protagonist should do A. And, you know, half the people in the class would say, hey, A, half would say B. Um, and the class, the professor would never say what, what they would do. And at first, this was like infuriating, right? <laughs> um, after a while, it was kind of comforting. There was no right answer. That, that, that was kind of nice. Um, and it actually gave me a bit of confidence in being able to be an entrepreneur at some point. There was no right answer. Like that engineer in me that was like, there has to be like a, a specific answer. Okay, like maybe I don't have to put so much pressure on myself to find like the right answer always. And then it was even something that as things went along and we were sitting in class with the same exact people, you could almost predict what certain people would say. You could almost predict that like, oh, okay, the person who has a little bit more like the social impact perspective is going to say this, or the person with the marketing background is going to like come at it from this perspective, or the person who's a little bit more of a capitalist is going to say this. And 
And there was something like, again, very comforting about that. And I realized that that's kind of like, that's kind of what we can hope for in life is to have alignment of our perspectives and decision-making for ourselves, but then also for our companies. And that's what good brands do. They have this kind of alignment of their brand, of their decision-making. You can almost predict what they're going to say when big, big things happen in the market, right? And, and that was this kind of like internal peace moment that I was like, that's, I think so often we try to say like, oh, what would, like when we're starting companies, what would Facebook do? What would Apple do? When instead it's this like, what should we do based on this internal alignment decision-making? And I, I realized that's, that's like such a powerful thing to learn um, that I wanted, I wanted to pass on, that self-assertion of decision-making uh, to others. Um, but then also, again, it's like, I think it's so powerful that we can teach students that they're capable of doing great things now. Um, like that kind of someday <laughs> that was instilled in me. I think they're at such an amazing age to be able to do great things now. When we get to be adults, I think there is that kind of fear of being able to do things sometimes because we've got so much built into us about the way things, quote, should be, that we can sometimes almost be paralyzed to make decisions or to do things. So I think that they're at such a, an amazing age to be able to just take a little bit more risk to to learn to just get out there and do things, uh, but then also to learn that alignment of decision making that makes sense for them. So is that so? Let's let's dig into that a little bit more because that I find fascinating, right? The the youth, right? The 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 clarity, the honesty, the uh, naivete, if you will, the, the fact that they haven't been told that they can't, like that's not realistic. Like that is not something that you have in your makeup. It's not possible. It, is that something that is a net benefit to them or am I missing it and that the current school systems are doing that to them? Um, oh gosh. I mean, I'd say yes and no. Cause like by the time of, of high school, um, I do see in some of the students already some of that, like some of that fear of doing things wrong. Um, because I mean, there, there are a number of those students that are the top students that their identity is already so much tied up in this. I'm going to go to a top school. I am an amazing top performer that becomes afraid of doing anything wrong. And so can already be afraid of taking those risks because, oh my gosh, if I, if I lose this identity of being this amazing student, like what, what happens? Right. Um, and so yeah, there there are some aspects of that schooling system that's already, I think, building that identity into students. Um, and I, I guess, sorry, like what? Like there's one right answer. 
right? Yeah. When they get an A, you need to give me the answer that I expect you to give me. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's one of the things that we're trying to actively work against is that there's 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 not one answer, <laughs> right? Like, like you need to, or not that you need to, but like finding an answer for yourself and it's 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 important and like not putting your identity into the hands of others if you were to wave your magic wand over the high school curriculum what would you do to stir it up that's a really good question <laughs> i think it would be some of this uh kind of project-based curriculum that would be entrepreneurial uh because they're they're somewhat creating workers right i mean isn't that yeah the, the complaint of where the high school education curriculum is is we're like you said i gotta get good grades i gotta get into a good school i gotta go work for somebody get a pension and die i mean when we look at the future of work though it's shifting so rapidly i mean if if we were to ask how the education landscape can can keep up with that i mean if we look 20 years in the future, I don't know that half of today's jobs are going to look at all like they do today. And so, it, I mean, I think that's what I'm kind of <laughs> struggling with is like, how do we, how do we change the education system to be able to prepare students for a workforce that doesn't exist now? I mean, if, if we had tried 20 years ago to prepare for what it looks like today, I mean, I don't, I don't know that very many of us would have predicted that so many people would be making money by being like Instagram influencers or other things like that, right? <laughs> I don't know if very many of us would have wanted to necessarily predict that. <laughs> nice. uh, so I think that's, that's the thing that I'm kind of you know, a little bit hesitant on is like, how do, how do we prepare people properly for that? And gosh, I mean, that's, that's, it's a really good question. Um, and I think a lot of it is just preparing that mindset of adaptability and resourcefulness. Um, and that's why the, the mindset is so much more important than specific skill set. And I think that's what the education system right now has been preparing is, is more of a skill set than a mindset. I think it's, it's slowly shifting. It's just been, it's, it's been slow. It's getting folks like you involved in that, in that space, right? So there's DECA and there's entrepreneurship clubs, but it flies directly in the teeth of the typical curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are some of the, some of the top schools that I think are changing some of the core curriculum components. Um, but it it does take a while. <laughs> so coming of the slower to, changing industries for sure. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed, and there needs to be some disruption. I thought COVID was going to disrupt the uh, the the high school and and um, lower levels much more than it has. It seems like they've gone back to status quo relatively easily. Um, so again, so how did you find yourself um, starting this? this company, this initiative, this vision and dream? Gosh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been 
just over 10 years ago that I started it. Um, and it was discussion over brunch one day with a friend. Um, cool. <laughs> so yeah, never know how, how, uh, discussion over, over brunch with a friend over just a, a frustration can be. And I started it on the side of being a management consultant. Okay. So when people say that they, they like don't have time for starting a company, um, I don't ever actually believe them because yeah, being a management consultant, I, I mean, people that feel no notoriously time demanding job. Um, but you make time for the things that you care about. Um, and so I just carved out time on the side uh, and then took a two-month sabbatical uh, to run it that first summer uh, from my company, from from BCG, and then just never went back. <laughs> uh, so... So, so where is the, where is it located? Where is the, um, the annual pilgrimage located? Is there one, is there multiple? So it grew in number of locations. So the first oh, location cool. of it way back 10, 11 years ago was held at MIT. And then it grew in locations to, let's see here. Um, you Northwestern university of Michigan, and then, um, went online a few years ago because that was trendy uh <laughs> and then now it's held both in person and online and we also this last year uh for for those students who might not be ready for the full-on start a company uh we also started what we call our innovation program which is where students can be a little bit more entrepreneurial uh start a or support um existing companies in uh in innovating within the context of our sponsor organizations so whether that be companies like google teach for america startup ai company a number of other of our sponsor organizations they innovate for them um and so those companies might pose different kind of innovation challenges to the, the the students who join the the innovation program and say you know gosh well you know we'll say it's teach for america the the, the company might just say you know we given the context of the education landscape and how it's changing how might we better teach our teachers to blah blah you know like but yeah we're talking some about the education landscape so that might be particularly relevant that they might want to better educate those, those teachers in some kind of way, right? Are you um, finding that that some of those companies are are seeing real value from these youthful minds, these minds that haven't been necessarily told that they can't do something or that something is unrealistic? Absolutely. We've gotten great feedback. So this last summer was our first year of it. It has already been such a huge success of the program. So we're we're already planning to grow that that program even more and have gotten some phenomenal feedback from our from our sponsors. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I love the entrepreneurial mind, but I love the idea of introducing it as young as possible. So what are some of the things that you do outside of 
running this business or, well, you're not necessarily running it day to day anymore, right? That's right. Yes. Um, I mentioned that. Uh, so I, I, I think the one thing that's extremely important as, as an entrepreneur is being able to build a phenomenal team and then being able to um, set that team up for success to then be able to move on to my other potential entrepreneurial ventures. So I, ha I have such an amazing team that I um, have had my director step up to be president. Um, Samantha Santabello uh, is amazing. So she and the team are, are running it now. Um, I've moved up to uh, an advisory board position. Uh, and I'm, so I'm still supporting the team um, from, from that role. Um, yeah. So they've been, been doing amazing, amazing work. So have you um, put your eye on the, the next big thing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I am taking a, a little bit of time because I think it's like the first time ever that I've had that little bit of time to enjoy myself. But yeah, so I know I'll be starting something else at some point, um, giving myself a little bit of time to figure out what that is. But oh my gosh, yeah, I have like a million ideas that I've been toying around with. <laughs> well, joining, joining EO Boston is a good start. You're going to find a lot of people who are willing to uh, share ideas and experiences with you. So what about fun? What do you do outside of, of, uh, ideas and execution? Oh, I have a million hobbies. I'm one of those people that it's hard to contain the number of hobbies that I have. So whether that is, um, I have a motorcycle, I do competitive wow. ballroom dance, um, love board games, cooking, craft nights with friends. Uh, I have a bourbon collection, uh, I know I'm missing a million other things in here. Yeah, there's, there's it, sa it says here you're also an instructor at uh, MIT. Uh, yeah, I, well, had been bef before moving away. Uh, <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> what were you teaching there? Entrepreneurship? Uh, well, I, I guess lectured in some entrepreneurship stuff. I uh, created their intro to making class and... I built their entrepreneurship center makerspace there as well. Cool. What to find yeah, with the with the background of uh, engineering, I enjoyed dabbling in some of the, the maker stuff. <laughs> Got it. What defines a maker? Um, so defines a maker. Well, at, at least for university space stuff, maker. Um, the makerspace I built had everything from like 3D printers and laser cutters and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so maker usually is, you know, leveraging those different kinds of, of tools um, to like build different kind of like fun stuff. Um, I mean, for me, a maker though is, is really... I mean, gosh, a maker can be anybody who is building any kind of like fun arts, crafts stuff, um, whether that be the like maker kind of stuff that is, you know, the 3D printing, laser cutting. It can be making out of like just different kind of like garage tool stuff or making out of, I know the other day I was making bowls out of these different kind of like little paper things and, and glue or 
making jewelry or there, there's a ton of different mediums that you can use. Uh, but I think it's just the creativity and physical items things. <laughs> so a, a creator of tangible things as opposed to a creator of software. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very cool. Very cool. So folks uh, here in EO Boston, uh, this is Lori Statch. Go up and talk with her when you see her at the learning days or the uh, learning events. But Lori, for those um, who are listening to this, how would they reach out to you if they wanted to connect with you? Yeah. So feel free to write, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, so Lori Stack, you can see my name on here. Um, you can also reach out to me by email, uh, lori.stack at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Or if you want to chat more about LaunchX, um, you can reach me at lori at launchx.com. Lori Stack, thank you so much for joining us and sharing, sharing your concept, your ideas, your wisdom, and your exuberance for the youth, which I love so very much. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Mark. This was fun. And folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube or LinkedIn, if you learned something today or you thought of somebody, please share this with them. Share this with everyone. Why not? Thanks again, Lori. Thank you. Folks, this has been another exciting episode of Leadership in Action, your Boston chapter of EO's podcast. See you next time. Be well, folks. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer -peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.